Blog Talk Radio. Block Talk Radio Nation, you are tuned into page one. I am LeVar, and Mary is off today, which means it's just me and you, which is uh, uh, kind of rare from time to time. I usually have somebody here, so not used to having a whole half hour alone like this, but it's just me and you, and of course our call-in number, which is 323-580-5600. A lot to talk about, well, maybe not a lot. Uh, Hopefully all of you enjoyed your July 4th holiday. Hopefully for some of you, no one's firing off any more fireworks, even though I'm pretty sure the leftover ones that they have will probably be fired off over the next few days and over the weekend. And, of course, uh, we're still in the holiday um, weekend for some of us. Some went back to work today, unfortunately. But uh, look at it this way. you got a two-day weekend coming up. So you had... A day off, back to work, two-day weekend. I guess if there's a solace in that. So, um, Or for some of you that don't, um, we're going to carry on and hopefully be entertaining for you. But, of course, as always, you can catch us not only here on Blog Talk Radio. You can also catch us on Twitter at News Comment BTR, where we've kind of been taking a little bit of time away for the summer break. Uh, one of the things about these shows We, of course, will get some breaks here and there. We, of course, will have some other programming, such as the 411 Lounge when we can. Uh, Hopefully we can stay going on this Friday schedule, but there will be some time off, but we'll definitely let you know, and you can stay up to date through our Twitter page. Also over on Facebook at News and Comment Network Blog Talk Radio. And if you're there in those places, you can always get the links to our official webpage at News Comment BTR dot wix dot com forward slash fan page where we're also on twitter uh facebook official web page and i'm thinking about an instagram i don't know why but an instagram has been in the thoughts but also we're on itunes as well where you can download or subscribe to our podcast which is uh i heard quite a few of you have so thank you and if you're over there leave us a nice comment or something or a rating well we could sure use it but Going on this Friday, a couple of stories this week, um, nothing really out of the ordinary that uh, we did not carry over the last couple of weeks. And like I said, since Mary's not here today, uh, this will probably be an abbreviated version of a couple of these. But the first story that I promised you at the end of last week was actually a uh, kind of a teaser. If you've got the kids in the room, you might want to tell them to leave. But it was a study that was done. And once in a while, we always are here as a public service to kind of tell you about relationship news or anything like that. 
And it kind of goes off, it was on the Huffington Post, and it talked about how couples may disagree about various aspects of their sex lives. For example, the frequency of it or the fantasy part of it. But new research revealed one thing pretty much that everyone wants in bed, and that was emotional intimacy. Now, in a survey of more than 1,000 people by Yortango and Durex that was released last week, 96% of respondents said that the best sex is had with someone with whom they are emotionally connected. And additionally, 92% said that it's a turn-on when their partner shows vulnerability. Now, the top confidence boosters were, quote, being with someone that I love, followed by feeling good about my sexual abilities, and, quote, when my partner compliments me. And 90% of those respondents said that they believe that sex can get better over time. Now, those respondents also said that the top three requirements for great sex are, quote, physical attraction, emotional intimacy, and feeling secure and loved. Now, so the question is, is what are couples doing to, I guess, up that friskiness there? 57% said they get inspiration from adult porn, and 48% said they like to use books. Imagine that, and I wonder if that's e-books. And even then, I don't think I would want to borrow anybody's phone or iPad. About half said that they regularly use lubricants, vibrators, and other toys in bed. Two-thirds of respondents generally stick to the same two to four positions in bed, while 27% rotate, though five to seven positions, and occasionally try new ones. Now, another survey by Durex conducted earlier this year found similar results with 87% of women saying that the hottest sex that they ever had was with someone they knew and trusted, and 95% of men said sex is more fulfilling with an emotional connection. I think I was more surprised that 95% of guys actually had said that. Normally, you would get more of that from a woman's standpoint. But this whole survey, which is very interesting, comes from uh, and was revealed in iVillage's 2013 Married Sex Survey. There was a lot more stuff in there that you probably did not know about maybe a friend. In regards to top turn-ons, Woman's top turn-on was feelings of love for their partner, followed by when your partner takes initiative. Now, men's top turn-on was seeing your partner in sexy clothes, followed by feelings of love. I can kind of go on that one. I believe that one. Another part to the survey was that men, 68% of them, tied the knot with their best sexual partner. Only 45% of women said the same. I don't know why that number is so much lower. But I'm guessing that probably the best partner that they had was somebody that was not good for them in regards to the long run. That's what I think I'm going to take from that. When asked how many sexual partners they have had, the most common response among men was 6 to 10, which we all know you can probably subtract about 3 or 4. 25% chose that answer. The most common response among women was 2 to 5. 31% 31% chose that answer, but yet 19% of both men and women reported having just one partner. In another part of that survey, for, although 42% of women said that their spouse never watches online porn, only 21% of men agreed. 63% of women said that they never watched porn, which I think that, that they're all liars if they said that they haven't, because I know one of the things that... Uh, is coming up here in Chicago is the uh, Exotica in Chicago. And i got to tell you, I went to that event a few years ago. There were more women there than guys, and more women knew exactly about everything there. And I think in this Fifty Shades era, you would got to think that, uh, yeah, that number pretty much is way off. On another part of that survey, 
Uh, it seems that we often don't really know what our partner thinks about our sex life. Though 79% of men think their wives are happy with their sex lives, only 61% of women said that they are. You know, 55% of women think that their husbands are happy with their sex lives. 79% said that they are. So kind of a reversal of fortune there, which I think um, somebody's got to meet halfway, I would think. Uh, and while babies may be a blessing, uh, they might not help your sex life. 52% of women and 49% of men said that they had better sex lives before they had kids. I would think that you got to put an asterisk with that because at that point, you didn't get as many interruptions or you had no interruptions, which I would think. The most popular desire on men's sex wish list was that their partner would initiate sex more often. That was 42%. Uh, more uh, special gifts, uh, I don't have to hide that between you or I, was next at 41%, followed by, um, uh, well, we're all adults here, but um, somewhere from uh, not in the front uh, was the next thing at 30%. <laughs> I'm going to try and hide that. I know if Mary was here, she would uh, pretty much tease me about that one, but you'll have to use your imagination on what I just said with that. And then it, when it came from women, foreplay at 35% was one of the top-ranked things. To hear more loving things was 32% for their husband to uh, probably play with them a little longer was 28%, and, of course, the um, always usual gifting was at 22%. And then one other part to that survey was that men who cheat more and are less trusting. Now, men admit to cheating more than women, 28% versus 13%, which we'll get to that in a minute because there's a brand-new Huffington Post survey that comes out about married women and their cheating lives. But, uh, and are more likely uh, than women to say that they have an affair if there was 0% chance that they get caught. That was 32 to 13%. And at the same time, 34% of men said that they've checked their wives' phone for evidence of cheating compared to 20% of women. And if they can cheat, who would it be with? Now, among men, 21% said a celebrity and 20% said a friend's spouse. And among women, 39% said an old flame and 24% said a casual acquaintance. Which actually, I think, when it goes to that, what's the worst one? I, I'm a guy, and I know I'm going to get calls on this. I know I'm going to get letters on this. But I would get to think that the woman's one was far worse than the guy's because what's the odds that a guy is going to actually have a fling with a celebrity? Very low. Um, and then a friend's spouse, eh, you're reaching there. It's probably like a one in ten chance that may happen, even probably farther. But I think with the women in the old flame thing, if that old flame is still got the hots for you and they're single, there's a higher opportunity for that to happen. And a casual acquaintance, we all know in times like this, <laughs> that's high odds. And then on average, a majority of people reported being happy with their sex lives, though there was a noticeable gender gap. 61% of women and 80% of men said that they were satisfied. So a lot of interesting things coming out of that survey, which uh, we will put over on our Twitter page sometime later today after the show, and you can give us your comments or suggestions on that. And uh, I'm going to be interested to see what the sexes have to say about that. I wish this was one of those weeks, though, I could probably share this one with Mary, because it's <laughs> for us to kind of, you know, go back and forth on that. Maybe we might bring up parts of it next week upon her return. Then another story that we kind of got out of here was one in which I don't think you're 
too surprised when you hear about this. I don't know. Maybe I was. Maybe I'm naive to this stuff. But in this summer of weddings, and of course since probably May, we've all seen quite a few or been to a few. One of the things I think I usually worry about, uh, just me, is always the gift that I give. Now, let's be honest. We're in bad times here, and there are... You know, economically, not you know, things aren't so good as it used to be. So we kind of have to cut back on some things. But in regards to this, this story really got me. Uh, last week online was posted an email uh, that would pretty much make the etiquette bureau uh, Emily Post turn over in her grave. This young lady uh, told her about a recent Facebook message that she received from a bride after attending her wedding the previous month. In the message, the bride expressed her dissatisfaction with the $100 wedding gift that she received from this woman and her date. Now, I've got the, <laughs> according to the article, the, the actual uh, email that was uh, sent there. And the thing was that she said that, uh, you know, she attended the wedding from not close friend with her boyfriend, and as a gift, they gave $100 cash. Now, she said this was generous considering her financial situation. She had just finished school, had a ton of student loans, and she had only found part-time work. She gave as much as she could and attended to show her support. And then she got the Facebook message, and it said, quote, Hi, Tanya, how are you? I just wanted to know, is there any reason or dissatisfaction of Mike and I's wedding that both you and Phil gave $50 each? In terms of the amount we got from you, both was very unexpected. As a result, we were very much short of paying off the uh, reception just for the cocktail plus reception alone. The plate per person is $200, as per a normal wedding range with open bars about. And Mike and I have both already paid for everything else, including decor, photography, attire, etc., and didn't expect we had to cover that huge amount for reception as well. As I know you both live together and work, so I did not see any reason for that amount when it comes to your wedding. Hopefully you'll know what I mean. I hope from uh, <laughs> I hope for the best that's from what we receive is what we will give back. Anyways, good luck on everything. Can you believe that? So pretty much at this point, even though this lady is hardworking, she was still pretty much uh, called out for only giving, quote, a bare minimum. But is there pretty much an expectation of a gift? I mean, because to me, if you're going to expect, I guess, um, a high-end gift, I don't know how much this lady was expecting. I mean, at 100 bucks. I mean, even though it was the two of them, to me, that's still generous. She could have pretty much said, hey, here's uh, 25 apiece, quite frankly. Do you, and I don't know, maybe I'm brand new to all this, but for those of you that have probably just gotten married or are going to get married, are you factoring in what you get from your guests to pay off your wedding? That's the question here. Because I, I I would think that at some point, whatever you get in regards to a gift, because you don't know what it's going to be, you would think that that would be bonus. And if you are planning and paying for a wedding, isn't that money kind of already earmarked? So it's kind of like, you know, you paid it off, you pretty much take that as a write-off or a loss. <laughs> not in that way, because I know I'm going to stop you and be like, that's, that money's not a loss, that's an investment. It is. 
But you kind of figure that whatever you're paying into that wedding is pretty much going to be a loss. And that whatever you're getting back is just a bonus to start you. And plus, I would think that the real reason for any gifts during a wedding is to start you out on your new life, not to pay for the reception, which was a part of your, quote, old life. But I don't know, maybe it's just me. But I think the bigger picture to all of that pretty much is the rudeness because now, you know, I'm pretty sure this young lady is not the first to have expressed disappointment. I think she's probably the first to express it in a letter, which I think is more bold than anything. First of all, you don't know the lady that well. Second of all, it's not up to the date who doesn't know you uh, to chip in either. I mean, quite frankly, I think that was quite nice, but that's just me. <laughs> who knows? Who knows? It's it's a very, very interesting uh topic for debate, but I think it's the same thing now of where we say that we're pretty much not surprised at what kind of goes down uh, anymore in regards to, uh, I guess, common decency. I think it all kind of disappeared, but that's just me. But uh, for those topics and more, as we said, you can catch it all over at News Comment on uh, blogtalkradio.com. And while I also have you here, just a reminder that every week, page one, uh, unless otherwise noted, is back in our regular time schedule. I know things have been a little funny here the last couple of weeks with the schedule, uh, but we are normally on at this time at 1 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Eastern Time. And, uh, of course, you can always catch um, this show every week. And then uh, hopefully we'll be bringing back some other shows, too, along the way. Uh, one of the other articles that we kind of figured out this week was one that – was always the most common question among people who, uh, when you sleep, of course, there are things that have to, when we dream, pretty much we always wish we had a dream decoder. One article from Men's Health has the 10 most common subconscious themes now decoded. And, of course, dreams don't happen to us. We happen to them, said a dream psychologist uh, by the name of Ian Wallace and the author of the top 100 dreams. In other words, we're the director, star, and producer of all the movies that play inside our heads after we fall asleep. In fact, we create about five 15- to 40-minute dreams per night. But it's not just for our own entertainment. Those dreams, new information is combined with old information on the person's life in a creative way so that new solutions might emerge. And so the question is, what do those dreams usually mean? Of course, for instance, if you always dream of being late, you know, when you have to hit a deadline or make up a meeting or get to a date and it always are late. What it means, they say, is that whenever you're rushing to and your subconscious represents a real-life goal or milestone, there's likely an actual deadline looming or maybe an arbitrary one, like saying having a certain salary by the age of 30 or 40, and it's stressing you out big time. And... They kind of come up with solutions to it, too, and so they say, you know, you ask yourself at that point, are you being proactive or reactive, and that there may be changes that have distracted you from your original goals in life. And so once you start to focus, you'll control your own time, dictate a schedule, and get to where you really want to be. Hmm. If you find an unused room, if you're, say, you're walking through a house, maybe the one you grew up in, normally you know every square inch of that place, but you soon find a door that you've never seen before. Behind it is an empty room. What it means, according to 
the dream researchers is that home is the most frequently occurring symbol in our dreams. It actually represents the self, and each room reflects a different aspect of your personality, such as social ability, strength, sexual prowess, etc. And when you find an unused room, you're discovering an aspect of your identity that you may be stifling, according to these researchers. It could even be an untapped talent or passion. The bigger the room you find, the bigger the opportunity you may have to realize your full potential. Hmm. The out-of-control vehicle? I don't think I've ever had the out-of-control vehicle dream. But it says you're barreling down a road over sidewalks and screaming like a baby. You hit the brakes, turn the steering wheel, but still have no control over the car. That says in dreams, vehicles represent an ability to move toward a goal or destination, and if the car is out of control, your life probably is too, and you're afraid that a wreck is imminent. If you have the falling dream, and I think all of us usually have that one, and it says you take a step off a curve and fall flat on your face, or you take a nosedive right off a cliff. And either way, you usually jolt awake as soon as you hit the bottom. What it means is that while the sensations may feel similar, there are actually two types of dreams. The minor slip dream happens when you first fall asleep and have that last little twitch, usually called a myoclonic, myoclonic jerk, after your muscles completely relax. The second, a more dramatic dream, happens when you're already in a deep sleep. This dream often reflects a perceived failure in your life or a realization that you don't have control over a situation. If you had the flying dream, it means that just like in your dream, you're most likely... Uh, surmounted a big obstacle in your life and at that moment you may feel free of limitations and open to making unfettered decisions the unprepared for an exam I think all of us back in college probably had a little bit more of that one what that dream means it says that you're back in school and it's time to get out the number two pencil the only problem is you've done absolutely no study why you're not quite sure you knew about the test and bought the books but now you're screwed it says are you being a perfectionist if this is a recurring dream or nightmare, chances are you live in fear of messing up even things you're well prepared for. If you dream about flunking an exam you've already passed, this could reflect worries about performance, not actual competence. Naked in public. If you always dream that you're naked in public and no one seems to notice and you're desperate to hide yourself, it says that you're feeling out of place, vulnerable, and scared of being exposed. But just like no one notices your package, your fears remain hidden as well. Perhaps your new job or relationship is making you uneasy. If the dream takes place in the classroom, it's possible that wherever you learn, there continues to make you insecure. Now, if your dream is in a cafeteria, this could affect social anxiety, and no matter how long you've been out of school. Unable to find a toilet. <laughs> how many of us usually have that dream where we want to use the bathroom, but we can't find a toilet? It says here, if you can't take care of business in your dream, it's possible that you're metaphorically blocked in waking life. You may have something you need to purge, whether it's a toxic friend or a social crushing job, and you fear it will be messy. So what do you do? Hold it in. But it says, to get rid of that dream, pretty much you have to learn to say no from time to time and to stop letting people dump all over their problems on you and look out for number one. Research has linked people-pleasing tendencies to everything from weight gain to depression. If you had the dream of teeth falling out, what it means is that teeth are symbols of power and confidence, and after all, you show them when you're smiling, biting, or even snarling. Having this dream means that your self-assurance may have taken a hit in the kisser. And then number one 
here is being chased. How many of us have had that dream? According to researchers, is that just like you can't seem to lose the bad guy behind you, chances are you're having trouble getting past some issues in your waking life. It could be a relationship squabble, a business opportunity, or just a nasty, nagging feeling. It says the dream is often a representation of avoidance behavior, which is linked to psychological problems, including anxiety and depression. Now, by examining the issues you can't seem to shake, and are probably running from in the real world, you can address them in, uh, from head to head and eventually move past them. So just a few things there to kind of help you decipher your dreams and hopefully they kind of help you. And if it probably did, uh, maybe you can remember us some way. <laughs> remember to listen to us every week if it kind of helped you. But those are just a few of the interesting topics out there this week out there on page one. But uh as we said, as usual, you can always catch us over at News Comment BTR on Facebook at News and Comment Network, Blog Talk Radio, or at our official webpage at newscommentbtr.wix.com forward slash fan page. And I hope that all of you had a wonderful 4th of July. And if it extends into the weekend, may you have a safe one. And we hope to be back here with you again next Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Central. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. For Mary and for all of us here at News Comet Network, I'm LeVar. Have a great one. Thanks for listening.